Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word, and that helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, and also keeps us focused on a relationship with God, upon our spiritual lives, upon our soul's salvation. Help somebody in your life, in fact, help a bunch of people in your life by sharing these short studies with them every single day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their lives around and ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but that will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about your gravest enemy. But that's the devil. Now, what we're really trying to emphasize is don't let the devil win. We began this line of thought and study by asking the rather probing question, and hopefully it was very stimulating for you, asking what what would you do? if you knew somebody out there was out to get you. You knew there was somebody out to get you. You might know the identity of the individual or you might not, but there's no question about it. You knew somebody was out there to get you. What would you do? What thought processes would go through your mind? How would you prepare? How would you stand on guard, be vigilant? What safety measures would you take? Well, intriguing thought line, isn't it? What the point that we're making is, what we're trying to emphasize is, there is an enemy out there who is definitely out to get you, and that's the devil himself. The apostle Peter identifies him or speaks of him as being like a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So he is your enemy. He wants to bring you down to destruction spiritually and eternally. And he's out there prowling around looking for the way to do exactly that against you. But then Peter says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Not just talking about, I've got faith in God. I've got faith in Jesus. A lot of people talk along those lines, but they're pretty much empty words to a great extent. But he says, resist him steadfast in the faith. That is in the teachings of God's word in Christianity, in the gospel of Christ. First Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. So unfortunately, as we also pointed out in, in Colossians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19, there are many who are following his lead. And that is the devil leading them, and he tries to lead all of us into the ways of the world, into worldly living. But the Apostle John said in, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, that if we're walking in the ways of the world, he says in verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, now there is a distinction that a whole lot of people have not yet really either recognized or, or else they've just kind of brushed it aside because they don't want to think about it, because they want to live in the ways of the world. 
John went on and said, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we've got to make up our minds. We've got to focus. We've got to be determined because John went on to say in verse 17 of 1 John chapter 2, the world is passing away and the lust of it. In other words, all of the sinfulness that is so prevalent in the world, it's going to pass away. The world's going to pass away. And all of that, all the worldly ways, they're going to pass away with the world. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Well, where are you? Are you walking in the ways of the devil? As Jesus put it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, broad is the way, or wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are who go down that particular pathway in life, paraphrasing, because straight is the way, and or straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it, or most people are choosing to go down that broad way that leads to eternal destruction and hell. That's the way the devil's trying to lead you and every one of us. Which, which road are you taking? That broad way that leads to ultimately self-destruction or that narrow way that leads to eternal life in heaven? Each one of us makes up our own mind, either directly, overtly, or passively, by default, as we walk in the ways of, the, of, of worldliness, in the ways that the devil's trying to lead us, or else we make up our minds, no, I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to strive to live a life that is steadfast in the teachings of God through Jesus Christ. Through the New Testament, through New Testament Christianity, I'm going to strive to stay in the faith. Each one of us makes our own determination as to which way we're going. And what we've been trying to emphasize and encourage is don't let the devil win. Don't let the devil win. He offers you what looks like happiness, joy, excitement for the moment, surface level. But ultimately, he's leading you to destruction and hell. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. How many people are out there looking for hope today? What about you? Are you trying to find real hope? Now, we talk about hope, but we kind of talk about it, in a, again, in kind of a surface-level way. We're talking about temporary hope. You know, I, I, I hope I can do this. I hope, you know, something's going to happen here. I hope something's going to happen there. But what, what God offers us through Jesus Christ is hope which is not just a desire, but an expectation of fulfillment. And that's through Jesus Christ. We're talking about the hope of eternal life. In verse 15 of 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul went on to say, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he added, of whom I am chief. Jesus came into this world, sent by God from the throne room in heaven to go to that cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of your sins and mine and the sins of all mankind for all time until he comes again. 
But God offers you hope through your Savior. Hope. Remember, one fairly short verse of Scripture presents to us both ends of the spectrum. Romans 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's both ends of the spectrum. There's again the ultimate destination of the two possible roads through life. The broad way leads to eternal death, eternal condemnation in hell with all of its torments, all of its agony. The narrow road leads to eternal life in heaven with all of its bliss. In the Revelation, a couple of times, it talks about how in heaven, there is no more sickness, no more pain, no more dying, no more tears. What a great place to look forward to. 1 Timothy 1.1, Jesus Christ is our only hope, our only hope of reaching that destination. The devil is your most deadly and determined enemy. Don't let him win. In the beginning, when we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3, we find where God had created everything. And to me, what I look at as the crown of his creation, mankind, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And then when you look in chapter 2, he puts the man and the woman in the Garden of Eden with all of the resources, all of the benefits, the food that can sustain them and bless them with a wonderful life on a physical, from a physical perspective. But he also puts in that garden the tree of life, which, as long as they would eat the fruit thereof, would bless them with eternal life. But the devil shows up on the scene in chapter 3. Beginning with verse 1, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And this is the devil taking the form of the serpent. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Now that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now there's a direct lie. But then he deceives her. In the next verse, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now that's deception. Oh, she would know good and evil all right. She would recognize that she had just sinned against God. She had done evil by disobeying God. You see, a whole lot of people, they don't realize that disobeying, disobeying God's teachings is evil. Evil, it's sin. And so the devil first lies by saying, you're not going to die if you eat the fruit of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, as long as they would eat the tree of life, eat the fruit of the tree of life, they'd continue to live forever on this earth, in that garden. But God said, you don't touch this other tree. Don't touch any of that fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. The devil says, nah, not going to happen. 
In fact, when you eat the fruit of that tree, you're going to be like God. Now imagine how that must have been tempting and alluring in the mind of Eve. I'll be like God? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise uh, because the devil's lie, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Why? Because they were ashamed. Now they had been naked before that and not ashamed because they were sinless. But now they had directly disobeyed God and now they were sinners and they were ashamed of their nakedness. So they tried to cover it up. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They tried to hide from God because they recognized they were now sinners. How sad. Do you try to hide from God? Oh, maybe not physically, but do you try to hide from God by putting him out of your mind when you know you have disobeyed his teachings, been sinful? Don't let the devil win. Make up your mind. Let's pray. Father, please strengthen us, guide us, help us, and encourage us to overcome the devil by living by your teachings. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.